0: did you know that a journalist and single mom Nicole Whitney is single-handedly making this freely available for you to hear that's why your support is critical to help keep news for the soul totally free you can help in several ways firstly you can tell everyone you know about news for the soul so many people out there still do not know about this totally free life-changing resource so do us yourself and your friends a favor and pass it on today. Secondly, financial support for News for the Soul helps keep the show going, whether it's through advertising, donations, or purchases of our exclusive audio and video packages, like the one and only spoon bending kit, which will teach you how to bend metal with your mind for real. This support helps keep us on the air. Go to newsforthesoul.com now to find out more. We invite you to help us help the world, and thanks for tuning in. It's listeners like you who have made News for the Soul the number one life-changing talk radio show in the the world according to google and aol together we are already making a difference in our world so thank you for listening and thanks in advance for your support now let's get back to the show it's not just a show it's a movement you're listening to news for the soul the number one life-changing radio show in the world according to google and aol and the largest free life-changing audio resource on the web We feature the top luminaries in the evolution of human consciousness and have kept all of our shows all free all of the time for the world to hear. In a recent listener survey, News for the Soul listeners responded with overwhelming appreciation and praise, which they summarized with this one powerful statement. News for the Soul is not just a show. It's a movement. Go to...
1: Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, we're back. We're live. It's, oh, well, just after noon Pacific time, March 5th. 2014, that's how you know we're live, live, live. My microphone just fell apart. That's awesome. <laughs> you can hear weird clicking in the background. It is all okay. All right. So we were just listening to out of the archives, epic archive replay of the one and only physicist Tom Campbell who has invisible friends and is proud to say so. <laughs> he helped set up the Monroe Institute in the early years and he's always up for a crazy adventure with me on the air. At one time, he actually did try to tra- teleport himself into my studio live on the air. It was awesome. (laughs) So look for that in the archives. And we'll be sure to get him back on the show too shortly because uh, things are happening here. 90 day, well less now, countdown to total transformation on News for the Soul. Lots of new stuff to bring for you and that includes right now in this very moment. A new special weekly show on News for the Soul all things health related that you could ever wanna know, you you've got someone to ask now. Who has several PhDs, scientists, naturopath, doctor, and just a wealth of information. Doctor Holly is going to be heard on News Whistle at noon Pacific time, starting today on Wednesdays. And literally uh, 20 years experience, a wealth of training and knowledge, absolutely amazing, unlimitedchoices.ca. Her full bio is on the home page there, newsforthesoul.com. And we're ready. She's here. Let's do this thing. Dr. Holly, welcome to News for the Soul.
2: And I'm happy to be here.
1: Yay. <laughs> it's exciting. I am excited. You come highly recommended, and I now get to pick your brain about all kinds of things, as do our uh, callers who are already lining up on the lines. So, but today what I want to do, we want to start with your story where it begins and how you became uh, focused on health in the first place. Wow. (laughs) That goes (laughs) a
2: long ways back. Uh, I was born with a chromosomal disorder, a genetic disorder, and it was obviously very misdiagnosed throughout my childhood uh, and young adolescence, and I was on a, just Huge number of drugs that actually made the problems worse and because of that my mother who was very forward-thinking at the time I went into all the different types of alternative medicines trying to find a solution uh, for the problems I was having so you could say that's where it started from Uh, I have a chromosomal 3 disorder which uh, many people actually have on one side so if you get just from one parent. It's not a big deal. The other side can compensate, but uh, I'm one of the very few that have it on both sides. Consequently, I don't make various enzymes and hormones and neurotransmitters. I grew up with a lot of seizure activity and things like ADD and dyslexia and all kinds of other issues that just compiled the problem. So that's what began. Other than uh, in university, I went into... <laughs> I went into... Uh, teach, I wanted to be an astrophysicist and along the way teach math and physics but came out as a psychologist which was a rather interesting huh. turn of events <laughs>
1: right. I found
2: what? Uh, the psychology course was fascinating and so I kept going along that route and got my first doctorate in psychology
1: hmm. that was the while you were doing that were you actually uh, finding the, did your mom ever find some answers? In alternative health? Uh,
2: no, because we were looking, at, well, at that point, nobody realized I actually had a genetic disorder. So as much as I went through all the different acupuncture, which can be very good for some types of seizures, um, I went through homeopathic, naturopathic, I went through Edgar Casey stuff, we just did a whole ton of different things, and none of them ever worked until, which was interestingly enough, uh, I started meditating.
0: And shortly
2: after doing a variety of different types of meditation, uh, we were able to calm the brain down, and (laughs) I said, hold on a minute, I'm not having seizures anymore.
1: Wow. That's bizarre. Um,
2: Yeah, it was. I didn't make a neurotransmitter. One of the uh, primary inhibitory neurotransmitters is called GABA, and I, at that time, made virtually none. I do make... Uh, significant more now, although not as much as most people do. Uh but that was the problem. And of course nobody had identified it or recognized it back then. So none of the alternatives wow. was working for me. But meditation did, which was really cool.
1: <laughs> that is very cool. Now Well you what made what facilitated the major turnaround from astrophysicists to psychologists? Like that's huge.
2: <laughs> it is. Um I love statistics. I love numbers. Numbers always made sense to me. Um, Through school, I always took all the advanced courses in math and calculus. I just loved working with numbers. Um, But I had two primary girlfriends in university, and both of them wanted to become psychologists. And I would keep sitting in on their courses with one uh, prof in particular. jim that was incredibly humorous he made everything so much fun and exciting and interesting and it's like holy cow people really do operate very differently and people do have really interesting challenges and i just became more and more involved in his courses and what he was doing at the time i thought well i didn't want to be a a therapist for crying out loud if people couldn't get their act together i didn't want to be bothered with it (laughs) i had a very limited perspective uh, but I love the uh, science component of it. So my first doctorate was in research design and analysis, looking at uh, the different neurotransmitters and hormones, et cetera, in the brain and how they impacted, or what the correlation was between uh, the chemicals in the brain and how people thought and made decisions and interpreted the world and responded to it.
1: So how did you go from there to physical health?
2: uh because I had to have well, in my mind I had to have a really good perception of uh my physical health you know how was diet impacting on me how did exercise impact on me how did stress impact on me but in even though I was working as a actually I went from clinical uh experimental psych into clinical psych and then into counseling psych so I maneuvered through that but during that time, I was always looking at what was happening in my body. And it just made a huge amount of sense that if we're looking at how people can go into a dysfunctional mode psychologically, whether it's in cognitive or in emotional uh, personality disorders, et cetera, shouldn't we be looking at the nutrition that the brain required? It has to make all these neurotransmitters and these hormones and these peptides and these enzymes and... Keep up with all the different neuron, neurons, et cetera, all the phenomenal amount of glial cells. They require nutrient. The brain requires nutrient to make these things. Never mind to keep them going. And yet we never got any training in the nutrition that the brain required. And I thought that was really bizarre. So with my clients, I was <laughs> regularly sending them off to a naturopath to get different types of blood analysis, urine analysis, naturopathic gut of assessment looking at the gut my goodness you know people that are depressed tend to have tremendous correlation with gut issues there's got to be something going on here and so i just kept going along that field and just totally amazed that this wasn't a predominant component of psychology it just seems very very bizarre then i had an opportunity to go into uh, the naturopathic field, so I, I went to the naturopathic college and started doing the training there. Um, I did shift over. You made the comment that I was a naturopathic. I'm actually not a naturopathic physician. Second year, I transferred from uh, naturopathic or an N.D. over to a doctor of natural medicine. Um, because of that, I was able to design what I thought was a much, much better uh, curriculum. Uh, I got to work with top people in the field one-on-one, then I went and got a whole bunch of individual degrees and designations in that area as well, so working with a doctorate of nutrition and a master's in herbal medicine. I went to India, actually studied in uh, the U.S. and in India for an uh, physician. I did the homeopathy. So I got the full training in each of the different fields rather than just some of a whole bunch of stuff in the naturopathic field. So naturopaths don't like the DNMs and the DNMs don't like the naturopaths, which is really sad, but uh, let's not get that Hmm. confused. I am not a naturopathic doctor. I am a doctor of natural medicine, which most people couldn't care less about, but the colleges
1: do. Okay, so can you clarify even more clear what the difference between those two things is?
2: Uh, If you go into naturopathic college, there's six uh, recognized ones uh, in North America. And uh, like most of your other alternative professions, you will get 2,000 hours of allopathic or MD uh, theory. In addition to that, you get your nutrition, uh, herbal medicine, medicine, homeopathic, acupuncture, you'll get a little bit of massage, you'll get a little bit of chiropractic, you get a little bit of uh, Ayurvedic, but you get all of that crammed into four years, as opposed to in doctor of natural medicine, rather than specifying after the fact which arena you want to train in, you specify beforehand. So you decide what kind of training you want, and you go and get that full training. So you would get the four years of a whole bunch of stuff. You get four years of one modality, and that's basically the difference. Now, in terms of recognition and accreditation, uh, where I live, uh, they don't even have a college for the Doctor of Natural Medicine. There's only, I think, twenty-five of us in the province. Whereas the naturopathic MD. Uh, it does have a college. On the other hand, you go through the World Health Organization, and the doctor of natural medicine is recognized a lot more so than the ND. So it, it depends on where you go to, who's going to acknowledge it, recognize it, etc. But certainly one covers a whole bunch of things, and then you decide your modality, whereas the other one, you choose your modality in advance is the basic difference.
1: And so um, are your, um, as far as how you approach a client or a patient, is it similar, though? Uh, <laughs> not necessarily.
2: Um, you're certainly trying to, uh, at least we like to think that as an alternative practitioner, you're trying to look at what is the underlying cause of the issue, not what is being presented as a symptom so we all know that if you go to an MD he'll look at the symptoms and he'll prescribe various medications to deal with the symptoms they're not really trained in looking at what's the underlying cause and eliminating that uh... their curriculums are um, governed typically by the pharmaceutical companies along with their protocol and procedure so it keeps the pharmaceutical companies going In the alternative, we're typically looking at what is the underlying cause of the issue. So in that sense, both the DNM and the ND are doing it uh, in a similar fashion. We're both trying to find out what's the underlying cause. Um, And depending on what your focus is, for a lot of people, say, when they come out of an ND school, even though they've been trained in a variety of different modalities, they will link up with their favorite one, the one that they most connect with and obviously use that one the most. Whereas with the DNM, he's already established that in advance and may arguably have more training in that given field. Other mm. uh, controversy over that. So yeah, there's a tremendous amount of overlap and similarity. Now, I do probably somewhat different. My company is called. Choices Unlimited for Health and Wellness, um, because I not only have the doctorates, the designations, et cetera, in psychology, but I also have them in the physical medicines, and I also have them in the energetic modalities. I see energy, so I trained in all the energetic modalities as well. And certainly as a psychologist, recognizing the huge impact of the placebo effect, how powerful our belief systems are, uh, on how our body responds, reacts, et cetera, my attitude is always, what is your favorite modality? What really clicks with you? Because whatever your issue is, number one, there can be a whole bunch of causes for your current uh, symptom profile, if you want. But in the same vein, there can be all kinds of ways to resolve it. So if I can figure out what your favorite favored a modality, which modality you click with, and I can put together a protocol that fits for you because that combined with your belief system will have a tremendous
1: impact in my mind. <laughs> can you tell me more about the energetic modalities you studied?
2: Well, uh, growing up, I'd often heard of people talking about auras, and so I always were always associated with colors, and I never saw color. but I see the energy around people. Actually, that was one of the <laughs> funny things for me when I was in Nature passage School. My partner was farate. And I always found a fascination with what the paper was she was writing on, because I could see energy around people and animals and trees before, but I'd never seen energy around. an inanimate object. And I see energy like a a fog. And the fog, just how thick it is, how dense it is, whether it's got knots, whether it's got holes, whether it's got uh, shooting arrows out of it, what have you, I could see the energy, but no color. Um, So to go back for a second, I thought everybody saw what I did until my mid-20s, and I realized people didn't see even what I saw, never mind the color. Anyway, going back to Farzaneh, because I always thought that was an interesting story for me. When Farzaneh would write on paper in class so that her attention was on the overhead, on the professor, on whoever, the energy around her paper was very minute. But when she worked on an exam paper where her focus was entirely on the paper, the energy around the paper was really dense. Uh, found that fascinating. Number one, I'd never seen energy around inanimate objects before, but to see how it could change just because of her intensity or her focus on the paper was really interesting for me. Anyways, apart from all that, because I saw, realized I saw an energy that people didn't, most people didn't see. Um, I started studying different types of energy modalities from everything from Reiki to Theta And Everything in between Um, To look for the commonalities To look for how they interpreted it How they understood it Um, And of course there's just as much variation As there is in the Chemical or the physical sciences As there is in the psychological sciences So I was trying to find What are the bridges What are the commonalities What can we really take away and understand And I was coming back to There's so much more we really don't know
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, the more we look, the more stuff we realize we don't know. It's true. Um, So um, I want to ask this question because I'm always, this is one of my driving questions in life is where is the line? Because you've, you've had the gift of studying the mind and the physical and the energetic. So bringing all those together as far as what we can create or as far as our control, over our health, we'll just stay with the health topic for now, um, as far as being able to heal ourselves within ourselves, where's the line between physically needing to do something outside of ourselves and focusing on it within?
2: Um, I don't know that there is a line. I think there's a tremendous overlap. Um, in all the books that I write, I'm always trying to put out, our system is so incredibly interdynamic. Uh, the energy outside the body with the energy inside the body, the energy with the mind, the mind with the brain, the mind-brain energy with all the different physical systems we have. I think that's been a major <sighs> failing, failing of uh, Western medicine is the way they try to separate them all out and say, this one tissue or organ or this is the mind and not the body, et cetera, is... Tremendously inept and has taken us away from the incredible intricacy of all the systems together. They work in, nothing works in isolation. They all work intricately together. And when you look at the older modalities, like Ayurvedic medicine or
3: TCM,
2: they're much more, um They see the human experience as a much more integrated, interdynamic system than Western does. So that's one of the reasons I come back to Choices Unlimited. We need to be able to look at the whole system from the most energetic, subtle energies to the most concrete, physical uh, aspects of who we are and everything in between because they're all interrelated. And you can't have an impact on one without it impacting to some degree on another. So whether you're looking at it from the energetics, from a psychological base, or from a physical base, they are all tremendously interconnected, interdynamic.
1: That's a good answer. I like that answer. Because it's not a simple cut-and-dry thing, is it? It's, it's intermixed.
2: Like the rest of life. <laughs> Yeah. What in the universe isn't intermixed of that nature?
1: Right. All right. So that, I love that answer. Uh, so, all right. So you have all these, these modalities and everything coming together to create choices unlimited. So what do people come to you to work on? Ooh.
2: <laughs> well, uh, everything from, say, depression. Depression is a big one probably because of, One of the books I wrote uh, is called Depression, The Real Cause May Be in Your Body, uh, which explores all the different, um, I shouldn't say all, it explores many of the different physiological conditions and balances, etc., that have depression as the number one symptom. Unfortunately, psychologists aren't taught that, and they rely on MDs who aren't taught that. So (laughs) that's a really big one for me. People who want to say, well, you know, I've done years of psychotherapy of some sort, or I've been on drugs for antidepressants and nothing ever helps. Can there be something else that's going on? And so we can do an assessment and say, you know, hold on a minute. This is because of the microbiota in your gut, or this is because of your adrenals, or this is because of low glutathione level or low magnesium. Uh, This isn't a psychological issue at all. The psychological component is the end result of all these other things going on.
3: So mm. I get a lot
2: of that. But I get right through from MS to cancers to uh, hypertension, cholesterol issue, of course. My book I just finished um, writing is on the cardio system and what, a, a, how many myths there are about that system and cholesterol. Um, so I get a whole broad range of issues. I've got one uh, a beautiful uh, situation, or at least I think it's it's created, evolved into a beautiful situation. A young lady who the doctors have been working with for 15 years and have caused nothing but problems. When I first met her, she couldn't sleep for more than an hour. She basically bald. She had a horrible, horrible rash on her whole body. She had a bowel movement like once every four or five days. And right away, with my system, I was able to assess that she had a chromosomal 18 disorder. Her immune system was incredibly out of balance, and we've been able to get her. She's got a full head of hair. She sleeps the whole night uh, with her sleep, eight hours. She has regular bowel movement. She's eliminated most of the rash, although not all of it. Um, She's in school for the first time in her life as opposed to doing a home study. This has phenomenal success. So from really dramatic cases like that, people coming in with, say, adrenal fatigue, who've been on Synthroid for ever, and Synthroid doesn't solve the problem. It's actually creating a whole bunch more problems because the problem was never the thyroid in the first place. It was the adrenals. Consequently, I wrote a book on adrenal fatigue. <laughs> so I get a, a really broad spectrum of people that come to me.
1: So how do you go about diagnosing people and uh, what's, what kind of, what's unique about your treatment and uh, diagnosis and treatment with people?
2: Well, number one, the fact that I can actually see the energetic pattern around people, you know, just when they walk in the door, um, to give me an understanding uh, on some level of what's going on. Um, Christianers aren't able to do that. Two, I use the ASIRA. Um, which is an instrumentation Um, it's just there's all kinds of different instruments out there I went through assessing a huge number of different diagnostic and treatment um, equipment and this is like the mothership of all of them Um, fantastic we can assess over 60,000 variables in the body with basically better validity and reliability than a blood test which Basically, you can send a blood test to three different laboratories and get three different responses. Mm. Uh, but with all the different university studies, et cetera, that have been done with this, it's indicative that it actually has better validity and reliability than a blood test. And I can attest so much more. So I start off with that. Of course, I do a, an hour's worth of a, um, oral intake assessing your physical system, your medical background, your nutritional background, your family history, uh, psychological history, if we need to, um, just a whole spectrum of things. We also do things like a urine analysis and a nitric oxide analysis. If necessary, we might do an iodine test, whatever uh, is indicative. I'd like to create as many different, uh, if you want, backup checks. According to this system, this is what it is. So let's look at the next system. Yep, it's validated there, too. Okay, let's try another maneuver. Is it validated there, too? So that we're getting a variety of different validity and reliability checks along the way to assess, determine what it is, what's the protocol that's required. And then, of course, we have to go into, okay, <laughs> we need to address this kind of a protocol, but do we do it from an Ayurvedic perspective? Do we do it from a TCM, homeopathic Western, supplemental, um, what, what are our options here and what option fits best for
1: the client. What about people that uh, are remote or aren't able to come to you physically in your office?
2: Uh, well, we don't have, obviously, the uh, ASIRA then to work with. So, um, I, actually, I have more doctors that come to me around the world than uh, clients, doctors asking for information on how to diagnose and what to check for and what kind of protocols to give. But I do work with uh, consultation of people around the world and have to do, you know, over emails and um, faxes and phone calls and whatnot, and then utilize whatever they have available. So can you go in and get a blood test for this or can you get a urine analysis for that? And then that's sent to me and we work with a lot of time. I work directly with their doctors, uh, depending on how open-minded the doctor is. For doc, some doctors, I'm a real threat. For others, they're completely open and okay. Let's see what we can do to the best interest of the client. I'm more than willing to, to work together.
1: So that's one like of anything, the biggest
2: you're going to uh, a broad in clients. You have broad spectrum in practitioners.
1: Exactly, and that's one of the biggest things we all as conscious. Uh, people in this network that uh you know we run into uh, where do we go to get uh, a doctor that's going to be more aware of the other levels going on and more open they're very closed a lot of them right to having these conversations about alternatives um do you have like a a way of referring people
2: um locally i do more so uh where, around where i live but uh, when it comes to people in other provinces, other countries, et cetera, then I have to go to the Internet and look and try and figure out who might be advantageous. Um, but just to go back to the medical for a moment, um, I was in med school at one point. Actually, I was doing it as part of a, a doctoral program. And I can't remember if it was second or third year class, probably second. It was a um, neuro physiology and anatomy class and I was taken aside and asked to please not ask any more questions now having already put together curriculums having in universities etc it was like oh okay am I asking the wrong questions am I asking them too soon in the curriculum should I be asking them in a different course what's the problem with the question And they said, well, no, you're actually asking good questions. The problem is you're destroying the morale of the students. (laughs) Pardon? And their Hmm. reaction was, these are med students who need to go out believing they can help people, and all you're doing is exposing the fact that we're working with hypotheses, indications, uh, suggested, et cetera, that we really don't have the black-and-white evidence-based medicine that we would like to believe we have. So that is what med students are up against. In addition to which, at that time, and that was back in the, what, the 80s, um, and I believe it's still the case for most medical programs today, allopathic medicine, is in four-and-a-half years, you get three hours of nutrition. Yes. You think of all the different things the body has to constantly be doing, all the nutrient it requires, and you're only getting three hours of nutrition? How is a physician supposed to understand how our bodies interact with our diet, with all the toxins, the um, depletions, et cetera, that we're dealing with? So my heart goes out, you know, on one level it goes out to these MDs who – are really at an incredible disadvantage. Hmm. But my support goes out to the ones who are wise enough, smart enough to say, hold on a minute, our system really isn't working, and we need to figure out what the body requires. And those are the ones, obviously, I'd like to work with.
1: Yes, it's a bizarre thing, isn't it? It boggles the mind, how the system's set up. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm.
2: It's supporting the pharmaceuticals. So, you always have to take that into consideration. Pharmaceuticals wouldn't make the money they make if they solved the underlying issue by simply giving the nutrient that the body required.
1: So, out of all the areas uh, of things that people come to you about, what's your what's your big area of passion? Like, what's your excitement in all of this?
2: Ah. Uh, That's a challenge in today's society of business where they're always telling you you need to have a primary focus (laughs) you need to have your niche because I'd say that changes for me every month
1: Um, which is okay too I think I mean if there's everything's are things are always evolving right
2: they are and it's whatever the latest um, because I'm a researcher I'm a scientist I love working with leading-edge laboratories etc Whatever the newest, latest information is, um, I want to research. And if there's enough information out there, I'll write a book on it. On the other hand, if a client comes in and I'm having to work a a different aspect of that, quote, condition to help this client, then I'm sitting down writing a book about it, trying to get the information out there. Uh, I said earlier... Any given condition, disorder, disease, imbalance in our human experience can have a wide variety of causes just as it can have a wide variety of solutions. And Western medicine has lost that recognition. So I'm forever trying to Teach people either by doing presentations, doing interviews, (laughs) writing books, what have you, trying to get it out to the public. Look at all the different possibilities there might be. Don't get trapped into one.
1: So let's talk about your books. You're on your 14th. What are your first 13 about? (laughs) Uh,
2: Well, I wrote about the chocolate controversy. That was a great one. Um, Chocolate in its natural Uh, form has over 1,200 molecules, over 300 nutrients, uh, but as most of us know, the crap junk chocolate you get in the stores is very detrimental for you because it's been pasteurized, it's been this, that, and the other thing and has lost most of its nutrient value and been combined with a bunch of stuff that's very toxic to the body. On the other hand, you take real 100% chocolate, not the scam of the bitter chocolate, but the, the real 100% chocolate. And it is so incredibly beneficial to the body in so many different arenas, from cancer to cholesterol to um, what have you, uh, obesity, um, the adrenals, the mind, the brain. Incredibly beneficial. So I wrote The Chocolate Controversy, The Bad, Mediocre, and The Awesome. And I think after that I wrote the one on depression. Then I wrote the one on adrenal fatigue. Uh, that was really more addressing the fact that most people who have been diagnosed with hypothyroid and put on synthroid really have other issues going on, whether it be the adrenals, the gut, the liver, etc., uh, that's causing the thyroid issue. Then I wrote the vital liver, uh, exploring the over 500 different functions of the liver and how it can impact on every other system in the body. Then I tried writing one that was involving the uh, gastrointestinal tract, or GIT, um, but (laughs) combined the immune system and the inflammatory system all together in the same book. And I wrote that one about five times before I gave up and broke it into three separate books. So one book was on the um, GI tract, one book on inflammatory disorders, and one on the immune system. Uh, what else is Oh, managing your weight in another hugely misunderstood field. Uh, there is so much uh, involved in weight management that people just have no idea of and certainly aren't taught about. Um, I did write one that was more philosophical. That one's still with the uh, publisher right now called So What's the Point? Then I wrote a book on the heart, the cardio system. Currently, I'm writing a book on... I'm writing four right now. One on the herb neem, one on coconuts, one on diabetes, and one on autism. And I just wow. keep jumping back between them.
1: <laughs> that's a lot of books.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think. So what what's the them. point? So what's the point? Um, that one was more... Uh, actually, a book that I started about... Ten years ago, because of a dream I had that I was supposed to write it, uh, I woke up in the morning with the index, the name of the book, and with all the chapters, and every few weeks I seemed to wake up with another chapter that I was supposed to sit down and write, and then I didn't have anything about it for years, and I totally forgot about it, and I was on holidays in Mexico last year. This past November, oh, that was another book I wrote. While I was in Mexico, I wrote a book called "So What's the Point?" And the other book was on glutathione, one of the most important molecules in your body. Uh, and what "So What's the wow. Point?" was taking this um, framework for a book that I had been given <laughs> in a dream ten years ago and filling it out. And it was all about "So What's the Point?" When you try so hard and you don't achieve what you think you should achieve, whether that be in a relationship, in your career, in a business, uh, with your health. I uh, I work through all different arenas of life, and the challenges that people have when they just try so hard and feel like they're failing or not getting to where they think they should be and looking at it from a variety of different perspectives. What are the lessons in the process? process what can you benefit uh, are you trying too hard should you step back and let it come to you rather than be pushing for it um, are you banging your head against a cement wall when there's actually a door or a window next to it that you're not seeing so looking at to what's, so what's the point from a wide variety of perspectives in life as well as a wide number of possibilities to solve the problem.
1: Hmm. When someone comes to you, because of the complex, holistic nature, like you said, there's so many other things that can be going on than what they think might be going on. How long does it take you to kind of ascertain what's going on with somebody?
2: Uh, Well, normally my first session with an individual, especially if I'm seeing them one-on-one in front of me, uh, it's usually an hour and a half to two hours. Wow. Now, with that, um, I can pretty much assess what the underlying issues are, what the, what the building blocks, if you want, are that need to be addressed. And I often tell my clients, so you're coming in with this symptom or that symptom, it may even be cancer, whatever it is. I'm not really going to address it at all. Because if I address that component, That's like trying to fix the roof when I have a foundation that's crumbling. So rather than doing that, work at fixing the foundation, recreating the foundation, strengthening the foundation, detoxing the foundation, and then build up. So that by the time we get, say, halfway there, the body is back in a harmony, the body is back with its nutrient, with whatever it requires, so that it ends up resolving the rest of the issues. We want the, the body is phenomenally designed. And it's designed to heal. I'm supposed to be dead four times over. I've been told twice I would never walk again. And two other times I'd probably never walk again. According to my EEGs, I shouldn't be able to talk. Um, they thought I would be dead by the time I was 25. They thought I'd never graduate from high school. I was supposed to be blind by the time I was 30. None of these things have happened. And they haven't happened because I worked so hard at getting the ego out of the way and letting the body do what it was designed to do. That applies for all of us. Whether it's the ego of the self or the ego of the practitioner, the the doctor, the therapist, whoever. The body is designed to heal. Give it what it needs to do what it's designed to do. And for one person, that might be more difficult than for another. And for one person, we might have to do a number of different adjustments along the way, whereas for someone else with the same, quote, diagnoses, it may just be a one-stop junction that they walk through and golly gee whiz, there they are. So, again, recognizing all the different... The similarities and the differences, but that there's an underlying commonality, and that is we are designed
1: to heal. So a lot of people must be kind of feeling really frustrated and burned out and hopeless by the time they get to because they've been through the medical system first, right?
2: Absolutely. Although... Thankfully, that's not everybody, but unfortunately, it's the majority. Hmm. I
3: mean,
2: mean, to be aware that people are becoming more and more aware in today's world, uh, you know, with the Internet, with the amount of information and data, with the number of doctors and pharmaceutical research, et cetera, that are coming out of the uh, closet, so to speak, and acknowledging um, what's really going on behind closed doors. And so people are becoming more and more aware and more and more open to there are alternative ways of achieving health. Or they're fed up taking cocktails of pills, and they're fed up with, you know, going from one specialist to another. And so people see that in their friends. They see it in their parents. And very often, you know, the younger the person, especially if they're younger and more educated – they're going, hold on a minute, I don't want to go down that path. I'll go to Dr. Holly first. So mm. I do see both avenues. In fact, I have a program for predominantly for seniors where I work with the cocktail of drugs that they're on. I you know, create this spreadsheet. These are all the drugs. These are what the drugs are supposed to be utilized for. These are why you shouldn't be taking various ones together. These, are, these ones you're toxic on. And this is what the um, alternatives are that you might want to think about. That's a service I provide as well.
1: Do you find that they, they just prescribe like crazy to seniors?
2: They do for a number of reasons. I think one is because the individual practitioner doesn't know how to solve the problem. Two, he's been taught a lot lot of misinformation, cholesterol being a great example, antidepressants being another great example. Three, he doesn't have an idea. He, He may have this real general vague idea of nutrition, but nothing really of any true substance. He has no idea how many nutrients these drugs are depleting in the body. In my book on, I think it was the vital liver, I have like 80 pages of all the different <clears throat> nutrients, uh, different drugs and all the nutrients that they deplete. Well, no wonder you have all these side effects. But the doctor isn't trained to say, okay, well, this is depleting you in B9. I need to compensate for this by giving you vitamin B9. He'll just give you another drug. Mm. Because that's what he's been trained to do. That's all he knows. And in Canada, you go outside the system. I've talked to so many doctors who say, you know, I'm so glad the patient went to you because I'm not allowed to refer to you. If I refer to you and they found out, I could lose my license.
1: There's just something wrong with that, isn't there?
2: Massively. I mean, how unethical, how irresponsible, but that's what we're up against. So in different provinces, in the states, in different states, in different countries, you've got different rules and regulations. In England, a master medical herbalist is on par with an MD,
1: but that's not here. Yes, we do seem to be very behind here. When you start looking at uh, some other countries anyway, they're a little more forward-thinking about things. Um, You know, I'm just keeping an eye on the clock here, and I wanted to come back around to um, the machine you mentioned that you can put people... uh, What was it called again?
2: A-S-Y-R-A.
1: Yes. Can you tell us more about that and how that works?
2: It does what's called a foyer analysis of photon resonance. What that means is it's sending out compilations of sine waves at a homeopathic level into the body to the photons. So if you remember back in school with an uh, atom, you had the nucleus, the proton, electron, and neutron that traveled around it. Well those are made up of different types of photons, And that's what these waves are going to, is the photons. The wave then that comes back from those photons is interpreted. So the differential between what's sent out and what comes back is interpreted and tells me the body is depleted, it's inflamed, it's toxic, it's um, excessive. There's, you know, if I'm looking at allergies, I could be looking at hormones, I can be looking at genetics, I can be looking at all the different acupuncture points and meridians, I can be looking at all the teeth, spinal vertebrae. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, never mind all the um, all the different types of omega threes, the different types of vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients, et cetera. And it will not only tell me what's causing the what the problem is, but what's causing it and what do I need to do to solve it. Now, is it a hundred percent accurate? I would doubt that. Nothing's a hundred percent accurate because the body is in constant movement. But when it comes up with, say, a hundred different things, I can look at what is the uh, validity, what's the reliability, what's the consistency. I can back it up with what's the oral test and what have you. And it does have a pretty high accuracy level. So
3: what would you estimate the
1: accuracy is? Sorry? What would you estimate the accuracy to be?
2: Uh, Probably around
1: 90%. That would be high.
2: That's high.
1: And what's when involved?
2: When I first sat, listed me, and it was the first time it was shown to me, and I did a chromosomal, uh, actually I just did a general assessment, and it came up with chromosomal 3 disorder. It listed the neurotransmitters, the enzymes, and the hormones that I already knew I don't make. And I was like, uh-huh. holy cow. You just figured that out in less than two minutes? I need to see the science behind this guy. And I'd already looked at over 30 different types of instruments.
1: Well, that is impressive. Wow. Um, so what's involved in in getting a, a session with that?
2: Emailing me and telling me you want a session, and we figure out... I, I go a distance, so for people in the Lower Mainland here... I go from Hope to Horseshoe Bay, and so I typically line up people in a given area on a given day. What it, um, so if you phone in, give me or write in, email in, give me your location, your address, um, and what times of the day or the week that are the best for you, I will fit you in with clients in that area on that day.
1: So as far as um, doing a session, how long does the session take?
2: A physical one, where I'm right there in your home, which is also a nice component, I can come to the privacy of your own home. You don't have to sit in the doctor's office. Um, it takes an hour and a half to two hours to go through everything so the The first time we get a good foundation of what's going on, you know what has been the domino effect? what is creating the issues in your system, and then after that. A session might take 15 minutes, it might take half an hour, follow-up sessions.
1: Interesting. Well, here's what I'd like to suggest, being that you're local and I'm local and I've been having some of those head-banging-on-a-cement-wall feelings lately (laughs) with my regular doctor. Why don't we do something live? By all means. That would be fun. Cool. Uh, and then they can get a real, you know, sort of in the moment idea of what's going on and how it works and we can actually follow through and, and it'll be kind of an adventure. it would be pretty, because uh, I've never even heard of this process. It sounds very intriguing and based on, the, you know, your background, if you're impressed on that, I'm, I'm intrigued at the very least. So let's do it. Sounds good. So in the meantime, uh, I'll just let you know we're seven minutes to the top of the hour. Here's what we'd like to do uh, before we hit the top of the hour. We've got uh, just a few commercials to run at the top, but before then, shameless self-promotion. We do this at the top of the hour at the end of every show where whatever you've got going on, whatever, if you have any special promotions or any contact info website, all that kind of stuff, this is the time to just let it rip shamelessly.
2: Why, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay, so my company is Choices Unlimited for Health and Wellness uh, Limited. If you go to my website, choicesunlimited.ca, there is over 500 articles on there. There's um, all the books that are through publishing as well as the ones that are in publishing and coming out. Uh, And there's always new books being put up all the time because I'm always writing. If you would like to... Uh, go on to the website, again, choicesunlimited.ca. At the top, there's a tab that you can pull down to join the Whole Health Initiative program. Um, you know Gary. <laughs> Gary's had tremendous time getting that going and all the different components plugged into it. But I think we're, we've now resolved, or he has now resolved all that, so you're more than welcome to do that. The books, uh, you can purchase either in hardcover or you can download um, Apart from that, um, I look forward to doing the presentations we've been talking about over the next few months, and I hope people will not only join up to listen, but have lots of questions. I love questions. Well, I think they
1: even had questions today, but I wanted to get to know Dr. Holly and do the intros first and uh let you, all of the callers know that we we will do that. We'll create a special time during each weekly show where you can ask some questions so we'll have a kind of an open air format and then uh, topic of the week I think, and hey, let's do this um let's do this Osiris journey and see what's going on and we'll uh, explore that that sounds really fun and really potentially life-changing for me.
2: (laughs) One more thing, Nicole. The uh, Whole Health Initiative, what we're doing with that is we're taking one health issue a month, um, from weight to diabetes to cardio to autism, et cetera, one issue a month, and putting together not only with a book but with questionnaires, with interviews, with um, uh, podcasts, uh, blogs, newsletter, etc., and that's going to go on for the next year. So that's what that's about, and certainly in conjunction with that, we can do have those as our themes here to elaborate more on those issues.
1: Exactly. It all works together, and uh, yeah, Gary's the one who's uh, who I'm working with on the transformation of News for the Soul, 90 Days or Less and uh, mm-hmm. big stuff going on. So it's all perfect, perfect timing that you're joining us now, and it's it's been such a pleasure getting to know you, Dr. Holly. and I look forward to our weekly adventures on the air here together on News for the Soul.
2: Sounds excellent, because I'm
1: sure looking forward to it. Me too, yay. I'm just so glad that you're here, because... Uh, We have questions, and you have answers, and we've got, uh, you know, we're going to pick your brain every week, and and I look forward to that. Thanks, Holly, for being here. Dr. Holly, joining News for the Soul, being a part of our on-air family, and I will talk to you right here next week at noon. All right. So, Dr. Holly, all linked up on our homepage, newsforthesoul.com. That's where you go. We will open the lines next time, I promise. You can also email in questions as you normally can during open line uh, moments. And what are we doing now? Okay, we've got a commercial break, almost 1 p.m. Pacific time, right here on newsforthesoul.com. If you missed any of the hour with Dr. Holly, you can hear it again, all free, all the time, at newsforthesoul.com.
3: I think that this show today is about supporting the person who's supporting you, and I know that there's listeners out there. And Nicole, I didn't even know you had anything on the radio that actually um, offered a way for people to donate. I think if people receive value, what is it? What does it cost to send in five bucks? So obviously, this session is really about supporting the supporter, and that is a message that just came out very clear. That's for about six, seven. There's eight, seven to eight people that needed that phrase: support the supporter. And I know that if all your listeners between now and March sent in $5 every time they received value, I know that you would going to ask on your behalf that anyone that's listening today take a $5 bill out and send it. And I didn't know, and I think if if you were coming to me for advice, and you didn't today, (laughs) we
0: didn't know this was going
3: to happen today, but if you were coming to me and the channeling and the reading was for you and you were just a caller coming in, I would say that there is something really big that you need to do on the show um at the end i think you need to take your own advice and i think you need to do some self-promoting yourself and i think you need to remind people and let them know that people can just give and none of this ooh give five dollars and you get a free reading with like blah 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 Uh uh-uh. just give please give we need to support if you've enjoyed us in the past if you want to enjoy us in the future if you need a tax write-off and there isn't any other you know part of the radio station to support you in your healing right there's some powerful stuff that has changed people's lives I know it because I've had people contact me afterwards and say that was like amazing thank you that 10 minutes that you gave us really made a difference in my life so they can support you they can support PS yes, has been going a long time and I know that a lot of people even put in their will there's even a section in PBS and there's a department that people can actually will money to and I actually ironically was talking about maybe people are going to hate me for saying this but maybe it's time for your listeners to step up a little bit maybe it's time for them to give back maybe it's time for them to hear that they've been receiving um, a really great gift and it's time for them to give back because they can only keep continuing to receive what they get and I know you've got some really dedicated listeners. there you go wow, wow. that's a reading for you
1: that was one wow. hell of a download. When I asked that question, I was asking more for the collective <laughs> out there, and I didn't expect to get that fired at me, so holy crap. <laughs> that
3: was yeah. amazing. Yeah, well, I, for you not to flourish, because it's such an impactful and so well-needed, and so, yeah, the message, I think, is strong for you, and I think it's for everyone that that is out there that's listening. I mean, you know, there's no mistakes. No one's hearing this by mistake.
0: We'll be back with more life-changing talk radio in a moment. Did you know that News for the Soul is home to the largest totally free life-changing audio resource on the World Wide Web? And did you know that journalist and single mom Nicole Whitney is single-handedly making this freely available for you to hear? That's why your support is critical to help keep News for the Soul totally free. You can help in several ways. Firstly, you can tell everyone you know about News for the Soul. So many people out there still do not know about this totally free, life-changing resource. So do us, yourself, and your friends a favor and pass it on today. Secondly, financial support for News for the Soul helps keep the show going. Whether it's through advertising, donations, or purchases of our exclusive audio and video packages, like the one and only spoon bending kit, which will teach you how to bend metal with your mind for real. This support helps keep us on the air. Go to newsforthesoul.com now to find out more. We invite you to help us help the world. And thanks for tuning in. It's listeners like you who have made News for the Soul the number one life-changing.